Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Paul. Great to hear uh, from Paul at the Food Bank as to really the, the consequences, the way in which God is blessing your generosity that has gone to a number of different contexts, of which one is in our local borough. So it's so encouraging, isn't it, to hear how God is taking that generosity and causing it to be multiplied and used for amazing, amazing things. If you are new here at King's Church, my name is Philip, I lead the team here, and we're in the middle of a teaching series that we've called Blueprint. It's based in the book of Acts and particularly just a few verses at the end of uh, chapter 2, which really give us the blueprint, kind of a timeless blueprint for what it is the local church should be most valuing. And we looked at a number of things so far, and this week we're looking at prayer. I want to talk to you about prayer this morning, because that first church, we're told that along with being devoted to the Word of God and to community and to the breaking of bread and baptism and so on and so forth, we're told in verse 42 that they were devoted to prayer. And for us at King's Church, we've always wanted to be that because it's a timeless blueprint value, but perhaps none more so than this year. We felt right at the beginning of this year that God was calling us specifically to learn how to pray, to, to grow in enjoying the gift of prayer, as I often say, and wielding the weapon of prayer. And so now really is, is that time again to press in on what it means for us to learn how to pray. And this morning is as much about us doing the praying and learning through doing as it is about me teaching. So I'll just do a little bit of teaching, but I'm going to keep breaking off and giving it back to you, uh, whoever you're with, wherever you are, uh, to do some praying together. And one of the things that we did early this year along these lines was to use a prayer course back in the early, early days of lockdown. We as life groups were using a prayer course from Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement that really was to that end. It was helping us to learn how to pray. And I want to show you a short video from that course before we go any further into the how to pray and the what to pray for. Let's take a little step back and use this video to ask the really important question, why do we pray? Have you ever wondered why so many people pray? Well, Albert Einstein said that there's really only two ways to live, as if nothing's a miracle or as if everything's a miracle. Either life's a fluke and we're just a bunch of highly evolved animals on a big rock lost in space, or there's a creator behind creation, a, a God behind goodness. And if so, then connecting with him in prayer is pretty much the most mind-blowing thing you can do. Archaeologists keep digging stuff up that shows we've always prayed. People of many faiths pray daily. Even atheists admit to praying sometimes. Real prayer is a two-way conversation with the living God who loves and listens to the things we say. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and it'll be done. We have a chance to ask for peace, healing, help or whatever we need. Life matters, you matter, your choices, thoughts, prayers and actions echo in eternity. But in case you hadn't noticed, God is pretty much invisible and not always easy to hear. There are distractions, disappointments and questions that we all share. That's why 24-7 prayer does stuff to help thousands of people in hundreds of places connect with God in new ways. People are learning to pray by just praying. Why don't you take on the challenge of a 24-7 prayer room? Just gather your friends, find a place, pick a week, get creative in the space and fill every hour of the week with a chain of prayer. 
Prayer vigils like these have been changing lives for 2,000 years. And today, millions are discovering that God's real. Life's a miracle. And the most powerful thing you can ever do is to pray. So people are learning to pray by just praying, as was said in that video. And that's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna to learn to pray by just praying. And I'm gonna use one of the tools that Pete Gregg uses in the course that we did that's gonna help us to learn how to pray together. Some of you will be in households with each other. Great chance to pray together. If you're on your own, we'd love to encourage you to still be doing exactly the same thing, praying all of us in the different places that we're in. We're gonna use an acronym that is PRAY, P-R-A-Y, P meaning we pause first, R we then rejoice, A we ask, and Y we yield. And I'm believing that we're gonna really learn how to pray, enjoy praying, and see some breakthroughs in prayer in this next 20 minutes. So P is for pause. Let me read to you how David begins one of his Psalms. In Psalm 62, he begins in verse one and in verse five like this. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. And in verse five, he says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. David speaks about his soul and to his soul, and he commends silence to his soul because he knows it's really good for us, really good for us to still ourselves in uh, anticipation of meeting with God. And now, like never before, that's more important, isn't it? Because like, I don't know whether you empathise with this, but the, the noise of modern living is at times deafening, isn't it? Whether it's the noise of our to-do lists that are screaming at us for attention, or the noise of the social media platforms that we engage in that want our attention and us to have a view and an opinion on certain things. Life often feels hurried and rushed and noisy. Silence certainly often, at least from my perspective, seems hard to come by. And if we're not careful, that, that lack of being accustomed to silence and only accustomed with noise and distraction can kind of import itself into our prayer life. And we can end up praying with the same kind of noise that we bring our to-do lists into the prayer context. We bring these different opinions and voices and noises into a prayer context. And actually, we're not still in front of God so that we can hear from him as well as talk to him. So just in these next three minutes, let's just slow down. I know this will be hard for some of us, like me, might have young children around this morning. It might need some creative thinking. But let's still ourselves, if we can, and position ourselves, speak to our souls as David does. Speak to them and position ourselves before God. You might find it helpful to think about our, your breathing, just to breathe a bit more slowly and a bit more deeply. You might wish to repeat a particular phrase or verse from scripture. Maybe you want to use this one from Psalm 62. You might wish to say these words, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence for my hope is from him. You could just repeat those words slowly and rhythmically and just still the soul. Now let's be realistic. You're probably gonna think of some random things. It won't just be from right from the outset, some immaculate kind of uh, lake of total peace and quiet. Pete Gregg re references this in the training courses. Often we do this 
and occasionally it's like a speedboat comes along and a great big wave comes and, uh, and seems to kind of upset the piece of the lake. That's going to happen in these next three minutes. You'll have random thoughts popping into your head. Don't worry, you haven't failed. Just let the boat go, let the wave go, let the peace return. Let's still our soul, let's wait on God and the salvation and the hope that, that, that comes in him. And then we'll come back together in three minutes time. Great. Well, I'm, I'm loath in some ways to interrupt these precious moments of silence and quiet as we pause in front of God in prayer. Really important value to have as we are devoted to prayer. R stands for rejoicing. Listen to how the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
That is uh, rejoicing prayer. When we come before our Father in conversation and communion, which is what prayer is, it's really appropriate, isn't it, to thank him, to honour him, to glorify him and to renew our minds as we do so. So we honour and thank the Father and we, we get our own minds and souls better, better prepared, better happy in God by rejoicing. We don't want to just kind of drift into being overly self-absorbed or, or downcast and come in prayer in that sense. We want to renew these minds, not in some kind of, uh, kind of fingers crossing, making ourselves think, feel, feel better, but renewing our minds with genuine, ultimate reality, with actual truth, of who God is, of what he's like, of who we are as a result of what he's done and what he's like. And let that renew our mind, cause our, our still, quietened soul to begin to become alive and to become happy in God. That's an appropriate way to come in prayer. And study after study shows that just simply by writing down or speaking out the things in life that we're grateful for. Our spiritual, emotional, relational, physical health can benefit as a result. And, and that's great, but we're, we're about much more than just naming to God or anyone else some of the good circumstances in our life. This is about, this is about rejoicing about the fact we have every spiritual blessing in Christ has been made known to us. If you read the rest of those verses in Ephesians 1, Paul lists off to give you some more vocabulary and language to rejoice. He lists the various privileges and specifics of the spiritual blessings that we've been given in God. We've been chosen and adopted, we've been appointed and we've been given a purpose and a future and a hope, reason after reason to rejoice in God. So if you want language to use in a moment, just read Ephesians 1, not just verse 3, but verses 4 to 7 as well. So let's now use these next three minutes to do some of that. Let's rejoice together in prayer, whether you're on your own with a number of other people in a household. Let's rejoice together. Let's not pray great big long prayers because all of us need to be able to participate. Let's pray short, sharp prayers, rejoicing in God for who he is, what he's like, what he's done, and the many reasons we have to thank him and experience your soul rising as a result and the smile of God as he loves to be thanked and worshipped. We'll come back together in three minutes time.
Well, let's come back into this next part of the message again. I'm going to load to interrupt what I imagine are just wonderful pockets of prayer around the borough and beyond as we rejoice in God for the spiritual blessings that he's given us. If you are new to all of these things, new to prayer, new to Christianity, new to looking into faith, we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, I want you to be able to engage in this as best you can. God, is, I promise you, is with you and is willing to hear your prayers. So you might speak out just some very short, uh, hesitant prayers of question. God, if you're there, would you begin to show me that you're real? That's a great thing to pray for the first time. And you might want to go onto our website and click on the Alpha course if you've got some questions about faith and spirituality and the meaning of life. So we've paused and we've rejoiced and now we're going to ask. A is for ask. Jesus said these words in John 15 verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a remarkable promise that, that Jesus gives. And of course, asking is part of praying. Part of praying is we ask God to deliver and provide and intervene and heal and protect and so on and so forth. We ask God to give us our daily bread, exactly as Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. And it's particularly appropriate. So this is only a tool, but it's a great way of coming in prayer to pause, excuse me, uh, to rejoice and now to ask God, having positioned our souls safely and securely in the presence of our Father. Let's ask God whatever we wish, having taken this time to abide in him, to remain in him. But how do we know what to ask for? We're going to spend just another just three minutes just doing this together. How do you know what to ask for in these moments? Jesus says, ask whatever you wish. Well, he says that in the context of remaining in him. That means abiding in him, spending time with him, uh, reveling in and developing the unity that we have in him. So I would encourage you, just before you ask God for things, ask God what he wants you to ask for. I'd really encourage you that. Jesus, what would you have me ask for in these moments? What would you have me pray for? What would you want to do, Lord Jesus, as a result of me praying in these next couple of minutes? Might be things that are very personal, might be more corporate for, for friends or family or the, or the church, might be national and international. Just spend a few seconds, first of all, just asking God and expecting him to guide you as to what it is he wants to draw you into when it comes to asking in prayer. And let's really believe, church, in these moments for God to respond and to break through. If we hear of answers to prayer for healing or anything else in these next few moments, type them into the chat. Let's celebrate them together. Let's begin now to punch through things in prayer with the weapon of prayer that God's given us as we ask boldly, as children should, of their good father. So we'll come back together in another three minutes.
can I invite you to come back in just for the last part of this message? So excited to hear of what's being asked for in prayer. So we've paused, we've rejoiced, we've asked. And why is to yield or stands for yielding in prayer? What do you mean by that? Let me give you a, a great example of a beautiful yielding prayer from Mary, the mother of Jesus. And this is what she says at the end of Luke chapter one. Jesus had a whole life turned upside down. She's engaged to be married, but she's told that she's going to conceive a son, but not by normal means, but by supernatural means. And not just, not just any son, but the son of God. So she's a young woman engaged. This has thrown everything up in the air in a whole kinds of different ways. And at the end of hearing this news and conversing with the angel Gabriel, this is the closing thing that she says. She almost prays it, I think. Verse 38 of Luke chapter 1. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The uh, Bible writer and scholar Ruth Haley Barton writes this about Mary's prayer. She says, she expressed, Mary expressed a profound readiness to set aside her own personal concerns in order to participate in the will of God as it unfolded in human history. She's ready to set aside her own personal concerns in order to participate in the will of God as it unfolded in human history. That gets to the heart of what it is to, to conclude our time of prayer by yielding. This is not resignation. This is not what will be will be or, or fatalism. Absolutely not. But this is about humility and trust. It's about saying as we draw our time of prayer to a close, God, you are good and you are sovereign. You are God and I am not. I've poured out my heart to you. I know you've heard me. I know you, you love to respond. I'm, I'm looking forward to you breaking through in faith. But whatever you do, and in whatever time scale you do it, I choose to yield to that. I choose to yield to you. Even if you don't do the things that I've cried out to you for, I know I can still trust you. I just wanted to participate in what you are about globally and cosmically. That's a prayer of yielding, and essentially what Mary prays all those years ago. It's a beautiful place to reach in prayer when we can be so intimate with the Father, we can tell him everything that we're dreaming of and fearing, for, fearing of and, and desiring, and we can cry out to him and confidently ask him. At the same time, we can say, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, ultimately, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. That's a yielding prayer. And in a moment, uh, we're going to pray a, a prayer of yielding together just to close this message There'll be time after that to continue in prayer. I'm sure you've, as it were, almost started some prayer conversations between you and God and perhaps uh, with those uh, that you're in with the room. They can continue as we have a time of reflection and of worship over these next few minutes. But I'm going to, in a moment, draw together this message with a prayer of yielding that I would love us to speak out loud together. Before I do that, I want to invite you to consider another opportunity to learn to pray. Uh, we at King Church has become our custom, our tradition, you could say, uh, to have a week or two weeks of prayer and fasting every year uh, in January and in September. So on September the 14th, we'll begin uh, a week of prayer and fasting that I would love you, if you haven't already known about it and got it in your diary, I would love you to do exactly that right now or this morning so that we go into what's going to be a really, really exciting, different term for us as a church. We go into it 
um, just soaking a whole, our whole church in prayer, really learning to pray in a fresh and deeper, deeper way. This is going to be a, a term um, and probably another year unlike any other in the history of King's Church. So it's so important that we as a family come together to, as I say, enjoy the gift of prayer, communing with the Father, and to wield the weapon of prayer to see kingdom breakthrough. So from Monday, September the 14th, every day there'll be a Zoom prayer meeting first thing in the morning, and then also be a little podcast that will come out that will help you to pray through the day. Loads of different ways to pray. would love us to gather together as a family in that, in that week. As I mentioned, let's conclude this part of the service uh, by praying a prayer of yielding. So it'd be wonderful if wherever you are, with whoever you are with, let's pray these words of yielding, as it were, to God together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the chance to learn to pray and talk with you. Thank you that you are present, attentive, eager to respond and wonderfully mighty. Please empower me with your Holy Spirit that I may learn to pray and to serve and to love those I meet and to proclaim the wonder of Christ in all that I do. I believe that you've heard my desires and prayers and that you're inviting me to trust you afresh with whatever this week looks like. Amen.